Manufacturing Happy Hour, episode 30. Today, we are getting meta and talking about podcasting strategy. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics, and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now, your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back. Today, we're talking all about podcasting, specifically podcasting as a multi-channel goldmine for thoughtfully repurposed content. That's right. This is largely a content marketing focused episode where we're going to be discussing different ways that you can utilize long form podcast content to reach your ideal audience. Now, it's just going to be me today. We did a solo episode like this about a year ago when I spoke at Content Marketing World on utilizing social media as ways to engage the modern customer. This is the second year in a row that I've given a talk there, and this year my talk was all around repurposing content. Now, I'm going to go into a little more detail on this here off the bat before I do a couple procedural things here at the start, but the reason I bring this up is there are so many people out there that are doing 20 minute, 40 minute, however long these podcasts are, they're putting together this great content, but they're only putting it out on the podcasting platforms, out on Spotify and iTunes. But the reality is long form audio content can be chopped into a bunch of more digestible bites that can be used across social media to reach your ideal audience where they're hanging out. So we're going to be talking about some of the important things that you need behind a good podcast, as well as some of the tactics that you can use to take a long podcast and turn it into micro content to better engage your audience. That's all coming up here in a bit. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about a couple other things just to let you know where things have been. So first of all, I am sorry, it's been a couple weeks since we've been here with interviews. The good news is we've been stacking the deck with some great conversations that are coming up. But with the move and the transition out of Rockwell to my own solo profession, uh, there's just I haven't had as much time to get things done. So I apologize. It will never happen again. Lots of great episodes on their way. Thank you for understanding. And I think you're going to like this one today, but before we dive in, I do want to give another shout out to the new premier sponsor of Manufacturing Happy Hour, Steam Chain. Now, some of you longtime listeners or even short-time listeners, you're probably familiar with Steam Chain. I mentioned them during the solo episode last earlier this month where I talked about my transition away from Rockwell and the things I was grateful for, but I'm going to give you a quicker description of them today. Now, they're in my top five manufacturing solutions out on the market today. They do what's called machine as a service. They help equip OEMs with financial models that allow them to sell equipment based on a performance basis. So end users can pay for their equipment based on productivity and performance. Now, there are a lot of benefits for both parties in this case. OEMs are able to get long-term financial benefit because they're getting paid on the productivity of that machine over time. For the end user, this is a great way to finance equipment, uh, particularly younger companies, let's say startups that don't necessarily have the CapEx dollars to spend on a large industrial asset. 
This is what machine as a service is all about from a surface level. But what I want to also say is it really helps the collaboration and that ongoing relationship between the OEM and the end user. They're incentivized to continue to work together. And I'm going to have a lot more to share on these people in the future. But Machine as a Service, Steam Chain, they're the new premier sponsors of Manufacturing Happy Hour. And quite frankly, the easiest way to learn about them is just type in manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain. We interviewed their CEO, Mike Cromachy, on the podcast about a year ago in episode five. I think many, well, I should say some of the longtime listeners are familiar with that one if you're just learning about this for the first time definitely check it out. So Steam Chain, you can find them at steamchain.io. Thanks for sponsoring the show. And with that, we are almost ready to dive in. I should give a little preface as to what you're going to learn today, the three things to expect. The first thing is we're going to talk about why podcasting is more than just audio content. And second, we're going to talk about what a strong, repurposable podcast looks like. These two foundational elements are really important for all the tactical aspects that we're going to discuss around podcasting. The reality is, in order to have a podcast that can be repurposed into videos, audiograms, blog posts, etc., you need to have a good podcast from the get-go. So, we're going to talk about how to create a great podcast if you're thinking of starting one, if your company's thinking of starting one, maybe you have started one and you, you know, you want to kind of refresh it or it's not performing the way you want it to or you don't really know how to get all the juice out of it. This episode today is for you. With that, let's dive on in. Let's cue the transition music and you're going to hear from me in like 10 seconds. Right, all right, all right. So we're talking about podcasting. We're saying that it's this gold mine of content that if you do things the right way and repurpose it the right way, you can just extend the reach by 10x, 20x, 40x of an existing podcast. So if that's the case, why aren't people doing that? Well, to kick things off, I'm going to share three things that I've run across as common challenges that prevent people from really getting everything they can out of their podcasts. So first, I see people quit their podcasts too early. Now, the year is 2020. It's towards the end of 2020 when we're recording this. And in April, we passed the 1 million active podcasts mark. That's right. There are more than a million podcasts sitting out on iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. You know, it was 850,000 at the start of the year, but let's get real. COVID kind of gave it a little bit of a growth spurt. So, Of those over 1 million podcasts, only about 50% of those, or I should say 50% of those, only have 14 or fewer episodes, which means people are giving up on their podcasts too early. Now, why is that? Well, podcasting is a long game. This is the second thing I'm going to talk about. You can't just growth hack podcasts like you can, like familiarizing yourself with an algorithm on Instagram or Facebook to grow an audience. Podcasting just takes time to grow your audience. So since it does take time, that's why repurposing is so important because even if you don't have thousands of listeners on iTunes or Spotify right off the bat, maybe you'll never have that many and that's okay. The reality is there's so much extra stuff there within the podcast that you can do with it to reach your customer audience. I'm really talking about this in terms of like, say, a podcast that's meant to be for a brand or a company. 
The third thing, a weakness that I see or a challenge I see is that some companies, and, and this is really the case with brands and companies more so than individual podcasters that start a show, is they're looking at it as a check the box. You know, in the, I guess it was the 90s, I wasn't really paying attention to business at the time, but people started putting out websites. It became a necessity to have a website, even if most of those websites weren't good. You could say there's still a lot of websites out there that aren't good. I think we're getting to the point where people are looking at podcasting as a check the box activity where it's like, oh man, you know, X brand has a podcast, Y brand has a podcast, so we need one. And when you do it, you know, sometimes you cut corners, you create bad content, you make it a long form commercial, it's focused around feature benefits. It's not really the type of engaging content that you need. Because remember, you're competing as a podcaster. You're competing with Joe Rogan and these other big-name podcasters that have entertaining podcasts. More on that in a second. But the reality is don't treat it as a check-the-box. So three challenges I see. People quitting too early, people treating podcasts as a check-the-box, and then not taking advantage of the long game around podcasting and starting to repurpose shows. So... Moving on, why podcasting is more than just audio. It's important to think of it as not just something that lives on your iPhone that you listen to when you're walking the dog or commuting to work. The reality is most podcasts, I should say most, but 50% of podcasts have 136 downloads per episode within the first 30 days of their release. That means if you're getting 136 downloads, you're right at the middle of the pack. And I think a lot of people think of podcasting as something that you need tens of thousands of listeners to be legit, but that's not the case. Niche podcasts, like something like a manufacturing podcast, don't necessarily need that number of listeners if you're talking to the right audience. Now, the other, I'll share another stat. The top 20% of podcasts have about 1,100 downloads per episode. So over that 1000 mark. So the reality is there are a lot of podcasters. If you're consistent with it, if you're putting out good content, you might fall somewhere in the middle of that. So I always give the uh, example around manufacturing happy hour as a show that has, let's say 500 uh, listeners per episode. That's pretty good. That's a niche audience. When I give this presentation in person, I put up a picture of my favorite concert venue in San Francisco, Slims, on a sold-out night. That is a 500-person concert venue, and if you look at a, you know, a place like that, 500 looks like a lot of people. 500 people is a great audience. So whether you're talking to 200 people, whether you're talking to 500 people, or whether you're talking to 1,000 people, it's all about having the right audience, not necessarily the largest audience. So that's reason number one that podcasts are more than just audio content. The other thing is podcasts are a great listening tool for your customer audience. So if you are a brand and you have a show, chances are you need to know what's going on with your customers. You can find this out in two ways. You can interview a customer on your podcast or you can take feedback from your audience, from your customer audience, on what they want to hear on the podcast. It's a great way to get feedback on what they want to hear more of. For example, when I was at Rockwell, episodes that were about cybersecurity, in fact, this is still the case, would consistently get double the downloads of any episode. You know, I still use that as a way to say, all right, my audience wants to hear about cybersecurity content. I should put more of this out. And the third reason that podcasts are more than just audio content is you can repurpose the heck out of them. That's the whole point of this episode today. We're going to get to that more in a second. But first, I want to talk about um, helping you create 
content that is built for repurposing. Because like we said, if uh, podcasts are check the box activity, you might not have good content. You want to make sure you're putting out good interviews, good conversations, whatever the format of your show may be. So what does it take to be a great podcast host? Well, one person I like to reference is Jordan Harbinger. He's the host of the Jordan Harbinger Show, former host of The Art of Charm, but check out the Jordan Harbinger Show now. He is known as the Larry King of podcasting. And to be honest, a couple of things that make him so good is he's had longevity doing it. He's been podcasting for over a decade. But the second thing he does is he prepares immensely for his interviews. He typically goes into an interview, you know, with eight to 10 hours worth of research, which could, which could include reading up on the guest, reading a book they've written. It could include listening to other podcasts that, that person has been on because he really wants to get into that person's why. And he's interviewing big names like Kobe Bryant, Simon Sinek, Mike Rowe. So these are people that you do have to present yourself well in front of. So he does his homework. Um, but my point around that is interviewing should not be viewed as a throwaway activity. I think a lot of people look at it as something that you can just come up with that same generic list of questions. But if you want to create something that's engaging and interesting, you need to be putting the time into it. Now, when I was first starting my podcast, I actually invested in an interview training course called The Art of the Interview. By the way, everything I mentioned, all the tools, all the resources, you can find these in the show notes at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 30. But let's go back to talking about The Art of the Interview. It's a great course hosted by longtime podcaster Michael O'Neill, host of the Solopreneur Hour. And he really goes over how to prepare how to make your guest feel catered to, all the things that are soft skills. Some of these are soft skills. Some of these are you know technical skills you need to know as well that go into putting on a great interview. So if you do want to, if you're doing an interview podcast and you do want to sharpen your skills, I highly recommend the Art of the Interview course. It's something that I certainly use to get my start in podcasting as well. So talking about creating a show that's built for repurposing, let's go over three quick things again. As a good interview host, you want to be able to prepare and to ask or answer the right questions. I say I, I say, ask the right questions if you're doing an interview show. If you're doing, let's say, two people that co-host a show on a regular basis, you, want, you still want to be prepared. You want to maybe answer the right questions that are coming in from your audience or whatever is the topic that you've prepared for that day. The second thing is if you're a company and you're just thinking of starting a podcast for the first time, look for someone that can be a curious host. You don't want to just pick someone that's the smartest person in the room or is a know-it-all right off the bat. You want to pick someone that is going to ask good questions, is going to be a good host, is going to be entertaining. And that's the third thing. You want to provide value and entertainment. And this is something I think too many people forget. Again, you're competing against big shows, you know, all the shows that NPR puts out that are very well produced, Serial, all these other great podcasts that have all the money in the world behind them. If you're an independent podcaster, if you're a company that's starting a podcast for the first time, you're competing for attention. So, yes, being, you know, adding value, giving good tactical advice is great, but you also want to make sure the show is entertaining. You know, maybe that's, you know, getting to know your guests in ways outside of their profession. I think that's something we try to do on Manufacturing Happy Hour. We'll talk about their manufacturing profession, but we'll also talk about all their other life experiences that play into who they are. So think of ways that will keep your audience engaged. So, 
We've covered why podcasting is more than just audio content. We've covered how to make sure you're putting in the right effort to create a good podcast. Now, let's going to get into the meat and potatoes. We're going to talk about how to repurpose and scale your podcast content. We've covered that a good 20 to 40 minute to an hour long interview, however long it is, is the base you need for repurposed content. The podcast itself needs to be good. But once you get there, you can create videos and audiograms. You can create blog posts. You can create quotes that look great on Instagram or on LinkedIn or anywhere on social media. And you can even do bigger things like building a community. It all starts off of a strong base. So let's talk about all these other things that you can do with a podcast. First, I mentioned video and audiograms. Now, videos, you know what a video is. Let's say you're recording your podcast over Zoom. Let's say it's in person and you're recording the interview with two cameras, two or three cameras, whatever that is. You can take that video interview and chop those segments up into like one-minute segments, two-minute segments that cover some of the best highlights of the video. The reason you do that, I should say the video or the podcast, the reason you do that is if you want to promote your podcast on social media, a lot of people will put the link to their podcast. But the reality is I'm more likely to stop scrolling on LinkedIn, for example, if I see a quick one-minute video clip that's native to the platform that I can look at and listen to right there. That's a great way to engage and meet your audience where they are. Now, in the case of not doing a video interview, the the audiogram uh, term I keep throwing around, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically where you take a waveform, you put it on a picture, and it's basically an audio video, for lack of a better word, of a segment from your podcast. So another great tool is audiograms for meeting your audience where they are, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's on LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. Two tools I recommend for this. Subtitle is an excellent tool for adding captions and headings quickly to your videos. You know, that way when someone's scrolling through, it's not just a random video. You know, when I do it, I'll put something like, what is digital transformation at the top as the headline? So if someone that's wondering what that is, they'll be like, oh, I want to stop and watch this one minute video on it. And then I have the captions below it. Subtitle is a great tool for adding those easily. You can get there by going to subtitle. It's Z-U-B rather than subtitle. You know, good play on words there. For creating audiograms, that that waveform content that I'm talking about, you can use a tool called Wave with two Vs. So W-A-V-V-E. I believe it's wave.co. Regardless, you can get all of these, the show notes at manufacturinghappyhour.com. That's a really cool way to create those audiograms I was talking about as well. All right, so we've covered video. Let's talk next about blog posts. Now, a long podcast can also cater itself to written content. You can there there are a couple things you can do. There are tools where you can just straight up transcribe your whole episode. Rev.com is the standard that I've seen for that. You can pay um, for how you basically pay by length. It's not too terribly expensive. Uh, Rev.com, you can just transcribe it and create a blog post that way. Or um, from an SEO standpoint, I think this is a little more valuable. You can look for lessons that you've taken from podcast episodes and repurpose those into, let's say, a top three or a top five 
blog posts. For example, in episode, I think it was 19, it was definitely 19, where we interviewed Corey Smale from uh, Stag Beer from Pabst Blue Ribbon, Blue Ribbon. We talked about B2B marketing lessons from B2C companies. That was very easily repurposable into a blog post titled, Five Lessons B2B Marketers Can Learn from B2C Companies. And all of a sudden, you have something that is searchable on the web, in addition to your show notes, that people can stumble across. Now, as we're going through this, think about the number of impressions you can make. We've mentioned Manufacturing Happy Hour as a podcast with 500 listeners per episode, but now that we're putting a blog post on the internet that's going to get searched for, now that we're putting videos across social media, posting them to YouTube, we've just multiplied that 500-person reach by five times, 10 times, whatever that number is, to reach people in new places. So, videos, blog posts. Let's talk about some other fun stuff. Quotes, sliders, and more. When I say slider, you've probably seen some of those sliding posts on LinkedIn, or they call them carousel posts on Instagram, where it's like almost a short PowerPoint presentation. It's like, hey, you know, top five lessons, you know, again, B2B marketers can learn from B2C companies. We could have that as just like a quick swipe thing on LinkedIn. Uh, You could also create a quote image. You've probably seen these before where it's like a fancy looking quote over like a silhouette or a picture of someone famous. You can do that for your podcast guests. You know, when we had um, Matthew Putman on episode 14, uh, CEO of Nanotronics, he had a great line where he said, the more I work on something like artificial intelligence, the more I realize what's important about being human. You know something like that is going to go a long way when it shows up on LinkedIn. So anyway, you want to create quotes, sliders, and more. There's a great tool that you just put on your iPhone or your smartphone called Canva, C-A-N-V-A, where you can create nice-looking images very quickly, not only images like quote images like we're talking about, but also you know, uh, YouTube thumbnails, little advertisements for events or little images for events. It goes a long way. Canva is a tool that I use at least once a week. Or we're talking about all these little things you can use on your own. Even better is there like agencies that'll do all of this for you, like Content 10X, Sweetfish Media. They are great repurposing houses that will not only produce your podcasts, create the videos, create this bonus content. Um, You know, it just takes all of that work off your plate. So another thing you might want to consider there. Now, we've talked about the way to repurpose the content. One of the biggest things I would recommend, and we do this with Manufacturing Happy Hour, is having a community and having events around your podcast as well. This takes making impressions to a whole nother level because then it's not just you relying on getting your podcast content out there. It's you you know, working with your audience to get them to be a part of the show as well. That creates more engaged listeners, people that are more willing to share the show. It's just a great way to pay it forward with your audience and in turn, meet new people as well. Before the pandemic hit, we would do, you know, live podcasts. We did that at a brewery for episode 13. We did that back in episode seven at a trade show last year. Um, But even with the pandemic, you can still do virtual events um, where you bring people in to have a keynote speaker, you know, whatever it is, some way to engage your audience on a regular basis. What I would say around this though, 
is have some uh, space where that community lives on a regular basis. I don't mean having a page for your podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook. That's important as well, but you want to have a group, a community where it's not just that, let's say, one-way communication where it's you being like, hey, we have a new episode out. It's that two-way communication where you post topics that are important to your audience and they can post them back. So let's add this all up. We're talking about having a podcast. You can make a set number of impressions that way. Let's say it's somewhere between 100 and 1,000 impressions per episode. That's great for a niche podcast, whether you're in the travel space, whether you're in the manufacturing space, whether you're in, I don't know, whether it's something more specific like cybersecurity, a cybersecurity-only podcast. Having your podcast number somewhere in the hundreds to the thousands is great for a niche audience, but you can multiply that way further by having videos, by having short form audio, by having blog posts, by having quotes, by having events. Again, this can increase your reach by 10x, 20x, 40x. And that's why it's so important for companies or individuals that are creating great content to take the time to repurpose it to meet your audience where they're hanging out. I hope you found this helpful. Let's head to the outro. All right, now you know all about repurposing podcast content, what makes for a good podcast, why it's important, and the specific tactics that you need to make it happen. Hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, feedback is much appreciated, uh, and a great way to do that is by leaving a five-star rating and review for us over at iTunes. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. Always great hearing from you guys. Always great hearing the things that you want more of on the show. As mentioned, all resources mentioned throughout today's episode can be found over at the show notes at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 30 because this is episode 30. You guys know the drill. You guys are usually here. Uh, another thing I should mention is that this is actually something that in my new venture, my new life, I'm going to be helping people out with. If you are a company and you need help launching your podcast, repurposing content, whatever it may be, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, definitely find me on Instagram over on LinkedIn. Those are a couple of the spots that you can connect with me and Manufacturing Happy Hour. Would love to keep this conversation going from there. We have our regularly scheduled interviews coming back up in the coming weeks. Looking forward to sharing with those with you throughout the month of December and beyond. In the meantime, before we wrap, I do want to give one more shout out and one more thank you to our premier sponsor, Steamchain.io. They are the machine as a service company that is providing performance and usage-based financing for end users to better collaborate with OEMs. It's just an awesome solution all around that um, provides a ton of advantages for both the people building the equipment and selling the equipment and the people that use it to make their stuff. Again, you can find them, you can listen to them by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain to hear our interview with their CEO, Mike Cromachie, or you can jump straight over to steamchain.io to figure out how to start working with them today. And with that, that is it for this week. Stay innovative, stay thirsty. We'll see you back here on Manufacturing Happy Hour real soon. Cheers.
for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.